Hi, welcome to the latest episode of Mistress Mia's Dungeon. I'm your hostess, Mistress Mia, and you know my badass bitch, my big mouth. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, I'll be nice tonight. Uh, Master no, John. It's okay. I'm your bitch. <laughs> it's I, Mia's bitch. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> you know Bella. <laughs> and of course, you know the infamous, the sexy, Misty Rain. <laughs> and so tonight we have our special guest. We're interviewing Mr. Knothead. He is a rigger. He's a photographer. He is Knothead. He's a nodder. <laughs> He's nodding. Nodder, not a nutter. <laughs> so welcome to our show tonight. Thank you for having me. This sounds like fun. Well, thank you for joining us. So tell us about yourself. Um, well, we didn't, we didn't discuss, we didn't prep, uh, how far to go back or what to cover, but, uh, you do whatever you yeah. want. Um, <laughs> yeah, this I is a platform to prevent, present yourself to everybody. Okay. Um, I've been, um, good grief. Let's see. Been kinky forever. Uh, I like to say that I knew kinky was hot before I knew what the word kinky or hot even meant. So uh, I often tell a story that at, uh, say, seven or eight years old, I, I found a, um, a Tarzan paperback and it had a girl tied up on the back of it. And so, of course, I naturally stole it and ran off with it, <laughs> and hoping there were a lot more pictures of girls tied up. And there were not, uh, much to my chagrin. Um, but have, have always thought bondage was sexy, DS was sexy. There's a lot of sexy stuff going on. And... Um, just have always been like that. It wasn't something I discovered later in life, but it's something I only started exploring uh, in my later 20s, probably. Um, you know, was terrified it would turn me into uh, Jeffrey Dahmer or somebody if I if I allowed myself to act on, you know, the more fun, uh, enjoyable kinks and variations of things. The more taboo. Yeah. And um, I actually didn't go out to a public space. I dated... Uh, exclusively kinky girls for uh, about a dozen years, maybe more than that, before I ever went out to a kinky space, a uh, kinky event. Didn't go out until I was uh, 40. Uh, so I've uh, easy math. I'm 53 now. I've, I've been uh, been active in um, local, national, international uh, lifestyle events for about 13, 14 years now. Wow. Um, started as um, I've never I, I get uh, I get sort of pigeonholed as a uh, as a rope rigger, specifically a Western rigger, specifically a nylon Western rigger. But um, I, I'm not I'm not really a rope guy. I'm a bondage guy, and rope is just one of the mediums. Um, I teach classes at events, or I don't like to say classes. I do workshops at events because I like them to be interactive. And whenever I have a workshop anywhere, uh, I will steal ideas and I'll learn something from you, whoever you are. So. Um, we do workshops at events and one of those workshops is showing you not the ropes and people are always surprised that, you know, I'm the guy that makes and sells nylon and promotes nylon and Western rope bondage. And here I am with not a stitch of rope in sight. And we do um, bondage with uh, obvious things like, uh, like handcuffs or zip ties or duct tape, but we also do stuff like uh, pantyhose bondage. Pantyhose is a great medium for bondage. Electrical tape is a wonderful medium for bondage. Um, you know, cling wrap, uh, vet wrap is especially good. Ace bandages, you know, and each one of those has its own sort of um, 
even even obviously you know leather cuffs and and chains and all that but that's a hockey bag full of stuff every time you want to tie um and each one of those has its own sort of safety uh you'll learn how to rig uh, I'm, I'm more of a rigger than a rope guy and and rigging could just be i know how to use the chains and cuffs that we're doing today or i've i've worked with uh zip ties a lot and i have my little clippers right here for safety um so there are uh, you know different different safety concerns and uh, different techniques for for every different bondage media but i've always thought bondage was really sexy so kind of got involved in that but um you know been to been to leather and lifestyle conventions and you know ds and do we cuss on this podcast yeah yeah uh, oh, yes. yes the fuck, oh, we fuck do. yeah um <laughs> Um, but you know, uh, do workshops on, on mind fucks or on long distance DS play. Um, all of that's sexy to me. Uh, it's, it's the creativity, the variety. Um, I haven't copyrighted this phrase, but I probably should. Uh, I think DS is erotic chivalry. Um, and that, oh, that's kind of how I look I like at that. it. And it, it sort of keeps the bubbles in the champagne all the time when you're doing it right. Um, whether it's, you know, long distance or, or, or local or whatever you're doing. Um, so I, uh, I guess to answer your question long-windedly, uh, <laughs> first, first came out to an event. I'm, I'm kind of a natural organizer and I've always been a trainer presenter in every job I've ever had. Always kind of a natural promoter. I get people fired up about stuff. So, uh, I went out to a local space and within a couple, three months, I was organizing and promoting events there. Um, and within a um i don't know maybe another year or so of being out maybe not even that long um i didn't want to necessarily present because I, I was real super duper private and i thought i was going to have to go back into a a private background jet kind of life background check kind of life so i didn't want my face out there i didn't want to be known uh but people started to ask me hey how are you doing this and hey that was really cool show me that and before you knew it the place I was going would say, Hey, uh, Friday night, you're on, you're running rope night for us and do that thing that everybody wants. Um, so it's, it kind of sort of naturally evolved to where, uh, I was presenting and promoting, um, some buddies and I got together and put together uh, fire, which is the biggest rope event there ever was until it fell apart a couple of years ago. Um, and, uh, I shot for Aardvark Fetish with Connor. That was our partnership for a while. Uh, I ran around with Lou Rubens for about three years, who was a super big time pioneer of a lot of things. And he's another guy that is known as a rope guy, but he's very much a creative bondage guy, uh, just a mad scientist. So that's kind of where I cut my teeth. And uh, um, working with Connor, especially, I got to learn lighting and photography Um while I had a Connor's a natural at rigging had zero experience at it. Um, but kind of a natural at rigging. So when we uh, got together to start, uh, working and producing stuff, it was nice to have somebody with common sense there than sort of an engineering mindset. And, uh, we very quickly, uh, we could talk about what we we're going to do and walk up and very quickly dual rig somebody into a predicament in 30 seconds or a minute. Um, wow. where it might take somebody else five or 10 minutes by themselves. Um, and with the trust that he had common sense and wasn't going to do any, any stupid shit and get anybody hurt, um, or wasn't going to allow me to do that, 
uh, I got to really do some fun predicaments and shoot with some good models. And, um, and we did some, we did some fun things. We really did. And like so I've said four or five times your, now, um, say again. Tell us what your favorite predicament was. Um, well, the, the thing about predicaments is, um, that's like saying, what's your favorite Corvette? Okay. Okay. You're saying, you're thinking of something different. No, no. You're thinking of something different than I am and different than she is and different than he is. You're all thinking of something different. And I'm thinking of a boat. Okay. okay. So when you start to talk about predicaments, uh, predicaments could be, could be a mindfuck situation where you just, uh, tell somebody they have to do this or they're going to do that. And they know that it's there, you know, for them particularly, uh, they really hate to disappoint people. So you put them in a position where they're going to have to disappoint one or the other. Um, or a predicament might be um, uh, pain versus pleasure or this pleasure versus that pleasure or effort versus pain. Um, it, I liken it a little bit slap. to what's that? Tickle or slap. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Whip tickle is one of my favorites uh, as an easy example. Um and if you have a girl that is very susceptible to a Hitachi, whip tickle wand is very good. Um, and just as a, a real easy example um, of whip tickle, um, it, are, are, is anybody there a, um, a tickle bottom or an impact bottom? Yes. Okay. So, so you know <laughs> that, uh, that uh, either one of those is, is more pleasurable and easier for you to process if there's a ramp up to it. And if we don't just jump in with both feet. So if you're going to do whip tickle as a predicament, for instance, you time up so they can't get away, and there there comes the bondage again, because if a uh, if a predicament bottom, a lot of people think they can tie somebody up or think they know about bondage, and their bottom is really humoring them. And if you think you have somebody tied up, and then you unleash your predicament on them, they will flip you the bird, drop your rope on the ground, and walk off if you don't have real bondage. So get your shit together if you think you're going to be a predicament top. And additionally, there's a lot of times I do predicaments where the rigging, the bondage is actually a safety harness. It's holding them in a safe position to be tormented or whatever. So you have this, back to this whip whip tickle, real simple. And you can throw a whip tickle wand in there if they're susceptible to a Hitachi. And um, you just have them pick one. It's real simple. You time up, say, can't get away. And you say, either say whip or tickle. They pick one and they, as soon as they say whip, you go a thousand miles an hour, no warm up, and they hate it. And until they, and until then they, they scream tickle and then they scream tickle. And then you go a thousand miles an hour, tickle, no warm up, no gentle, no, not light brushing and, and teasing. Then they scream whip. And then they scream whip or they scream wand. And then you go at them with the Hitachi and they don't have permission to get off until they're screaming to be whipped again. And it just goes in circles. And I've never had anybody last five minutes. So it is I lasted longer than five minutes. Well, well you say that. It's, That's true. <laughs> so it's a um, it's sort of a microwave scene. Uh, the place I used to play, I don't public scene a whole lot. I've never been much of an exhibitionist, but occasionally you're dating somebody that is. So you have to make a compromise. <laughs> so and uh I, I well, that's a, a Lou Rubin story. Uh, I'm hanging out with Lou when we first met, and uh, you know he's a rock star, leather pants, and a, you know cool headshot for presenting the whole nine. And he says, "Hey, you're coming into this place, and you got some skills and stuff. You want to date these uh, cute kinky girls you see around here?" And I'm like, "Yeah, 
He's like, you want to be a show off and get in the center ring? I said, hell no. I'm going to go hide in the corner. He says, nope. Those girls want to be showed off. You get out there and you show them off. And I'm like, I don't, that, that sucks. And he goes, I hate it too. But you got to have something you can do under that main ring to show those girls off because most of them have an exhibition or a, a large percentage have an exhibitionistic streak. So, so I did. And predicaments were one of those things. So I don't have to do a long drawn out Shabari hug and swoon dance. I don't have to do that. And I'll, I'll wait between two people. And on a Friday or Saturday night at a big dungeon, if they run right up to, nope, it's, you know, 758 clear off the point, And we got somebody coming off at 801 or coming back on at 801. I'd walk up between the two of them and they would know me. And I would say, hey, guys, can I have this point? And I mean, I need it grand total from the time I walk on the carpet to when I'm clear. I need it less than 10 minutes. And they're like, bullshit. I got to see this. Okay, give me 10 minutes. Start the clock. And I'll do a very simple, strict tie, do whip tickle, the girl reds, untire, walk her off. Scene's over. If you stepped out to get a Coke, you missed it. And I was famous for that, that somebody would say, hey, Nothead did a thing. Did you see it? No, where were you? I, I stepped, I went to the bathroom. I was gone three minutes. How did he do that? <laughs> but yeah, I'm not a, a big, long, hour-long car wash flogging or, or big shibari swoon scene. I'm not that guy. Um, but yeah, I, I, I did love predicaments. Um, to answer your question, Whip Tickle is one of my favorites, but it's very much like being a, I won't say a chef, but being a decent cook and being and cooking for somebody. If I know what you like and you give me a bunch of flavors or a bunch of favorite dishes, I can reach over here into my back pocket and pull something out that you don't know, but I have a high confidence you're going to like. Right. So if you like electricity and neck ropes and nipple clamps and uh, really tight bondage and Hitachi and tickling and spanking, I can create all kinds of stuff. As long as they'll give me at least a couple of those things to play against each other. Yeah. So there, that's my, I'm that's my long winded answer. <laughs> right. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's a, it's a salad bar. Try everything. And then the stuff that you kind of sort of liked or that you didn't hate, give it another try. That's awesome. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Tell us what's the difference between Shibari and Western. Yeah, Western. Yeah. Very glad you asked. Um, I'm a, uh, I'm a big, uh, proponents a better word than champion because champion implies I think I'm good at it. Um, but I'm a big proponent of Western bondage where everybody kind of poo poos Western bondage and it's dumb and it's simple and it's, uh, well, that's for kids and that's for tying girls to the bed. And okay, all of that's true. Um, but if, if you look at some of my ties and especially predicaments, um, it can be, it can be subtle and difficult and intricate. Um, and there's, it doesn't get enough credit, I don't think. Um, it is very simple. I can show you every single knot that I use in less than five minutes. Mm. The rest of it is just creativity and execution. It really is. Um, I liken it to tying with Legos. Uh, I use a Somerville Bolin, a reverse tension double. Uh, the big thing that made my play what it is today is a Somerville, or not a Somerville, excuse me, a Fairmont friction hitch, which is a quick release adjustable knot that uh, I can make it weight bearing if I want to. Like I've, I've tied one uh, between two uprights, like a taut line and sat on it and I'm 200 pounds. 
a little over that. Um, <laughs> but that allows me to adjust predicaments. If you hard tie predicaments, they get dangerous real fast. You end up cutting rope almost every time you play. Um, this has a uh, some tails that you pull and the knot disappears and there's zero tension on it. Okay. So um, I can adjust a predicament. Uh, like I, I, you know, I play with uh, crotch ropes, neck ropes, uh, nipple clamps, uh, difficult positions that if somebody falls into a rope, it's it's going to hurt and cause some damage. A um, couple of things I try to engineer for worst case scenario. So if it looks like you're going to fall that direction when you get tired, I'll put a safety harness up there. So you can't and right. you can still cause yourself discomfort, but you're not going to injure yourself. Um, if there's a neck rope, which is very popular, and I think people rush to that maybe more than they should. Um, it's very scary. It's very sexy. Um, it, it works, uh, you know, mind fucking psychological levels as well as the, um, uh, physiological stuff. But, um, if there's going to be a neck rope, I generally make the bottom pull on it, uh, and I make it fail in a safe direction. So a really easy, simple one, uh, for your viewers, uh, left to right on your radio dial. Um, if you could go from a neck rope up to a bed post, you're laying on the bed up from a neck rope to a bed post back down to your wrist. And I hand you a Hitachi. You put the Hitachi on yourself. You pull the neck rope. If you pull too hard and you start to choke yourself out, what happens? You release all the pressure. And if you add a bungee cord in there, it becomes not a jarring hard pull, but a sort of a progressive pull. So that's just an example. So there's some subtlety and some engineering to good Western rigging. Um, Shabari is infinitely more complicated. Um, I started there. I can't do it. It's not my style. I'm way too ADD. Uh, those three knots I told you, that's 90% of what I use. It really is 99% of what I use. Um, I love Shabari. I think it's beautiful. I shoot a lot of Shabari. Um, the best guy in the world, as far as I know, is, is uh, one of my best buddies, uh, Wicked Dave. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Wicked Dave and Clover. They are headliners everywhere they go. They get asked to go to Japan and perform and present. Oh my so they God. are big time. Uh, I'm not anti-Shibari. This is a, a good buddy that I fly across the pond to go see a couple times a year. Um, I respect the hell out of it. It's just not me. I think so, it's a beautiful art form. It is. Uh, and, th and that's how I see it mostly. Sure. Um, it, it absolutely is. And it doesn't matter if you're tying Western or Shibari or Japanese-inspired or fusion, whatever you want to call it. If I watch somebody tie for any more than about five or ten minutes, I'm going to pick up a tip. I'm going to steal something from me and I'm going to use it next time. I mean, I literally, um, I have just picked up as little or as simple as, um, how they bundled their rope or how they, how they laid their rope out for a scene. I pick some, I'm, I'm, I'm really happy to learn from everybody I come in contact with. Um, I, I started with jute and hemp because the internet told me I had to, and that's the only rope in the world is jute and hemp. Um, I got nylon. I started to use more nylon when I was working with um, Lou Rubens. And um, I kept simplifying. I'm a simplicity and commonality freak. And I kept simplifying what I was doing until I realized that I didn't need the tooth of jute or hemp like that pheromone. Because I'm a commonality freak, the Somerville, the reverse tension double, and the pheromone, they work with any rope. Mm. I mean, I've, I've tied it in speaker cables. Um, you can use clothesline, you can use jute, hemp, nylon, whatever. Um, I like the look of nylon for photos. I like the colors. And 
um, it's five or six times stronger than natural fiber of a given diameter. And I tie faster, smoother, cleaner, and tighter with nylon. So over the years, I just started giving away my jute kits to friends and my hemp kits. And I, I realized I don't really want to tie with anything else. So um, one of the one of the common questions I get, somebody will message me, you know, they've been to two classes at the dungeon and the only thing in, in rope anywhere is suspension and the only um, bondage anywhere is shibari. So they come at me with a question, say, is, is it safe? Can you suspend with nylon? And I've seen natural fiber ropes fail, break, explode, whatever you want to call it. And I mean, more than once, I've never seen nylon fail. I have seen riggers fail. I've seen people that think they throw a lazy hitch or a diagonal into nylon and it's going to stay and it won't. Uh, it seeks the path of least resistance, much like water. And it, you know, you'll end up with a whole water rope around somebody's ankle because you didn't tie it. But if you work with, um, I like to, instead of continuing to weave rope, like a lot of shabari styles do, not all, um, <clears throat> instead of continuing to add rope and add rope and add rope to a harness, if I need a 20 footer, I use a 20 footer. If I need a 30 footer, I, I use a 30 footer and I tie it off and it's done so that you have very compartmentalized pieces of a tie and they don't shift and slide as much. Right. And I generally work at 90 degrees, 90 degrees to a lift or to pressure. Um, so if you look at, if you look at, um, examples of my rigging, it's, it's generally very simple. It's simple and strict. Um, and again, I think it's gotten simpler and stricter over the years. I just, I don't like the decorative. I don't do, I don't really don't like wearables. Um, and people say, oh, Western Bodges is just about what you do once you tie her up. I'm okay with that. That's exactly the point. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, it is not and a rope okay dance. She's okay with that. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a rope dance. Uh, it's not a scene. Scene starts once it gets you tied up. You know, bondage for sex is still a thing. That's still sexy. That's still totally okay with me. Um, you know, bondage for tickling, for predicaments, for spanking, whatever. Those are those are great. Love it. Right. Um, and if you're going to do that, it has to be. Uh, in in some cases, it, it that's like a bondage for uh, escape challenge is a, another fun workshop we do. Um, some girls want to know that they are overwhelmed by the rope and there's no possible escape and other girls just want to shrug your rope off and do and spike it and do a touchdown dance and then any boo-boo i got out of your rope so <laughs> it, it's kind of about finding you know what works for that scene you know if uh uh it, whatever you're doing an absolutely you know fun primal wrestling uh scene and you're gonna subdue her tie her up and spank her and she's gonna wrestle her way out of the ropes and attack you great have a blast tie some terrible <laughs> rope and have her get out of it i, I don't have any problem that's with that interesting yeah yeah i've seen it and it's fun same with same with plastic wrap i've seen people you know cut themselves out of plastic wrap and go after the top and it's, it's fun um but if you know if you're gonna do something like an escape challenge just make sure you know whether the bottom actually wants to get out or not and as a top, you're really playing service top at that point. Um, mm -hmm. I've made the mistake of letting my ego get in the way. And we're doing a, a escape challenge scene or, or class. And they'll bruise my fragile male ego. And they'll say, oh, nylon's a joke. I always get out. Okay. <laughs> That's something. 
Um, and then I'll, I'll take one 15 foot piece of rope and they can't budget mm-hmm. at all. And they slump and it looks like somebody punched them in the stomach and I ruined their whole day because my fragile rigor ego had to prove that I could tie them up. Um, and there are other bottoms. I was going to say girls because that's how I play is um, me top with a girl. But um, there are other bottoms that um, you have to kind of poke them and tickle them. Hey, come on. It's your job. Get out of the rope. I don't want to. I really love the embrace of the ropes. That's not what we're doing here. Get out of the rope. <laughs> and I had one girl that I had to tell her. We played a long time. So this wasn't something I just picked out of a hat. I said, okay, you have five minutes to get out. No, I don't want to. It feels so good. I said, I'm coming back to spank you. She loves spanking. That wasn't a threat. <laughs> I said, okay, you got five minutes. I'm coming back. I'm going to tickle you until you pee all over yourself. She hated that. <laughs> now she struggled just Herculean to get out of the ropes and exhausted herself. And it was glorious. So <laughs> a lot of options, a lot of different kind of rope play. Uh, I think all of it's good. Uh, some of it I'm decent at. Some of it I don't have any interest in learning. So that's all fair. Thank you wow. so much. Thank you. Uh, that Aren't was you a lot of information. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and and it, you know, has me all turned on and sorry, oops. Ready to ask Lord Ballard to right? turn it up. Nothead, where do you sell your rope at? Uh nothead.com. Perfect. All one word. Easy peasy. Nothead.com. Yep. All right. Um been doing it uh good grief. I guess I did my first batch of nylon maybe again about the time I first went out to an event. I was experimenting with different types of rope and things. And it's one of those I couldn't find what I wanted. So I went and made it myself. And as soon as I did and went out to the local space, somebody said, Oh, where'd you get that? I said, Oh, yeah, I did that in my bathtub. Oh, make me some. Here, 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 here's money. Make me some. And the rest, as they say, is history. Yeah. We'll be fun. sure. Yeah, we'll be sure to post your link. So I appreciate that, that. Can go check out your website. Yeah, Excellent. Absolutely. Thank you so much. It's been great talking to you. Hey, my pleasure, guys. Anytime. I had a blast. Yeah, we hope okay. to see you in person one day. Absolutely. I've got uh, got a couple events coming up. They're starting to to um, roll back the zombie apocalypse a little bit, so events are starting to open up. Um, let's see. We got one in California coming up next month. Strings out in Sacramento. And then uh, I think it's Edmonton up in Canada. Um, there's one in in Texas, but that isn't nailed down yet first. And then the big one up in Canada, I think, is in October, and that should be a blast. Those people have a, just a lot of fun. Cool. And it's sort of pan kink. That's not – Strings is more of a rope event, but the one in Canada um, is sort of pan kink. It, it just – it's welcoming to everybody. If you're kinky and weird and sexy, just come have fun. And it's uh, – it's it's a neat it's a neat group it's a little different take because uh rope i don't know if you guys have been to rope events but but rope got a little wrapped around the axle um in the 17 18 19 kind of years uh where it got a little snobby you had to have the right kind of rope you had to do the right kind of tie it was um it was becoming very 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 specific a rope con it was like going to a college course like you'd you'd trudge through the con taking, you know, five courses a day. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. And I hope they're getting back to having more fun. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, Canada was a good example of that. But anyway, yeah, come out and see me live. We have a blast. 
Right. right. We look forward to it. <laughs> Thank you so much for uh, joining us tonight. And we look forward to talking to you soon. All right. Well, so next time, make all of your Western nylon bondage fantasies become realities. Woo-hoo. Cheers. Yeah.